Welcome to the Rhythms Podcast. I'm the editor of the magazine, Brian Wise. Now let me ask you a question. What were you doing at the age of 13? There's a fair bet that you weren't being courted by the executives of an American record label who saw you on YouTube playing classic blues songs. But that's the story of Murren Bradley from County Donegal in Ireland. Although the record deal was interrupted by the COVID years, Murren has just released her debut album at the age of 17. It's titled I Kept These Old Blues and contains a batch of songs and several instrumentals by such musicians as Elizabeth Cotton, Reverend Gary Davis, Mississippi John Hurt and more. I spoke to Murren and her father John, who's also currently her manager, just prior to Murren's 17th birthday in December. Let's start with an excerpt of Murren playing a blues classic, Reverend Gary Davis's Candyman. started playing guitar um when I first started I was I started playing when I was nine um and I was just um I kind of like I started because I just heard my dad like I always heard him playing the guitar and all in the house um and like I'd hear he'd always be listening to like the old that old like these music all the time um like Memphis Minnie and uh Blind Blake and Robert Johnson and all them and I could always hear him. He'd just been listening to that like all the time, just like everywhere we went, like in the car or anything, <laughs> or just like when he's cleaning and stuff in the house, like he just have it on all the time. Um, and then I kind of just, I just, I always heard him playing, and that kind of made me want to. I wanted to. I, that kind of made me want to start playing. Um, and I started when I was nine. And so, what sort of music were you playing when you were nine years of age? Well, when I started off, my dad he started he started off teaching me finger picking straight away. So yeah. it was like open tunes, kind of. And he made he started he made up like we kind of bluesy versions of like like nursery rhymes. So the first thing he made up was like three blind mice, like a bluesy version of it. And that's like the first thing I learned. I dare say the other nine year olds in your class at school were not playing similar material, were they, or playing instruments no, at all? I don't think so. No. <laughs> So your your dad has obviously had a very profound influence on you from a very young age. So you, you started playing at nine and then yeah. and then you heard the songs uh, that you recorded for, for your album from your father who also told you stories about the artist's concern or told you stories about the music. What are some of your favourite stories that he told you? Um. Some of my favorite story is one of my favorite artists would be Elizabeth Cotton. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was younger, he bought me this when I was about nine as well. He brought me this book about like about Elizabeth's life when she was a child, and I really love that book. And it's a true story. The book's about a true story, and yeah. it's about her writing her first song, about her working up to try and get to pay for buy her own guitar, um, and writing her first song when she was only eleven, um. And it's about her when she was when she was younger. She was left-handed, but when she was and that was like considered kind of 
like a really bad thing yeah, and was, like yeah. she, she was trying to kind of try she was made to be right-handed um and when she started when she she would use her brother's guitar and and like her when she started using it she tried to play it like upside down because that felt right for her but when her brother would like seen her trying to play it that way he'd tell her to like start doing it the right way and yeah, play it right-handed, play it right-handed. Yeah. but and then when she finally like was able to save up for her own guitar she like she wrote this song called freight train yeah. and she started playing the right or her way upside down with, like so she was picking with her her left or her right left hand, with her left, hand. left hand and the way she did it was like she the way she did her finger picking it was um she played her the bass string of her fingers and the high string of her thumb and that just it made, gave her a unique like a really unique sound she gave up the guitar then though when she was kind of taught that it was bad like the, the music that she was playing like the bluesy music yeah, and it was kind of of the devil or something yeah. and she gave it up there she gave it up for like years like and then when she she like she had a family and all um and then she would she had a family and all her children were growing up and she went she did she said she moved to new york wasn't yeah, it she moved, to she moved to new york and um she she was in a shop and she, there was a, she found this a wee girl and she was a lost she girl, little yeah. girl lost her she found a little girl and she lost her mother and she she helped her find her and it turned out to be Peggy Seeger and then she ended up she ended up being there like baby or a nanny for the Seegers and um, and then once she she was a bit, she like so she was staying with the Seegers and all and she was sitting in their house and then one day she the Seekers came home and found her playing the guitar and they were just like blown away by her playing like and she was able to remember all the guitar like all her playing that she hadn't played for years like and just blown away for by her and that's kind of her her whole like career started off they, then they she got was, her recording and yeah playing live and... that's her whole career kind of started off then again like her she, second career and she was she was old then like she was in her 60s wasn't she yeah she ended her days a wealthy woman yeah story and you do a beautiful version of freight train i have to say and in the liner notes you talk about how you grew up steeped in the old blues in the hills overlooking the valley of the river finn are you, are you still live there or are you living somewhere else in county Don donegal no i'm still living in balfe overlooking the finn river <laughs> <laughs> and your dad would play the music at home obviously as as you mentioned and and john are you, are you a professional musician at all? Or? No, I'm not a performer. I haven't. Pl I, I I played in bands when I was younger, but I've, I've never enjoyed performing. I have a terrible stage fright and stuff. But I've always um I've always I've always played, and I'm obsessed with guitars, and I'm, I'm always buying and selling guitars. And I've always taught. You know, I've I've been teaching kids for years how to play, and 
I've always always stayed in it. You know, I'm always still learning myself and 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 continuing to get better. But I'm just not a performer. Just not not for me. But yeah, yeah, I'm still teaching as well. Yeah, still still got a couple <laughs> of kids. Now, yeah. Marin, by the time you reached the ripe old age of thirteen, you had made a video and you had come to the attention of a record label. Tell us that story. How did that come about? Um. Well, during lockdown, I kind of went back to, I hadn't really, I kind of stopped playing for a while when, and then I went back to it and I got really into it and I wanted to learn the song Police Dog Blues. So I just had like a wee goal to learn that. Um, and once I'd learned it, I said the video and all and put it up on YouTube and like it got loads of, it got a lot more attention than I, ex- than I expected. Um, and Josh Rosenthal, he just, he seen the video and he just got in, t- in contact with us and he was Offer, offering us a record deal. This was like yeah. just mental for us. That like we thought it was class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. It was crazy. It was how, crazy yeah. how it kicked off. It kind of scared the shit out of us. Man. Like, uh, the video was freebooted on Facebook, and I had like a hundred thousand views on Facebook within a couple of weeks, and yeah. it was just nuts. It was. Um, but yeah, Josh got in touch. He got in touch. Yeah, and he was really. It took us a long time to say yes because she was so young and i didn't really know what if i want to do this when i was older so i didn't yeah so just, we sort of said to josh yeah. well okay if you're if you're willing to let her take as long as it takes to do it and you know we don't even know if in a year or two if she still want to do this so if when she's finished if she doesn't as long as there's no obligation on her to promote it or any of that you know if yeah. she doesn't want to then she, we're happy to go ahead and Cut the record, so and he agreed to everything, yeah. Josh. So and it ended up, it ended up taking like two years to record the whole thing. <laughs> then, yeah. where, did you, where did you where did you record it? Did you record it at home? Or? Yeah, I recorded it in a wee local studio, just yeah. like five minutes down the road, yeah. pretty much. Um, it's basically like a home yeah, studio. Yeah, like a wee as home well, studio, yeah. but it was so yeah. A local guy, Terry McGinty. Terry McGinty, really good job. Yeah, yeah Terry. We, we we were in a few different bigger you know yeah professional studios first and they were um Murrum wasn't very comfortable there over- yeah and we we actually did a, we did a few recordings on them and they were just they were they were too glossy and overproduced we yeah, didn't like we the didn't. sound at all and then so. we did it with terry and it just was pure like just yeah we just, we just wanted raw just live recording with yeah. you know no no tricks no and terry was great at putting Murrum at ease and making her relax so yeah. we just stayed with terry and did did all the tunes, but it it ended up taking a while because COVID was happening uh, at the like time. A couple and of times we couldn't go in for ages because of COVID. How many times did you have COVID? You had... I had COVID a couple of times, but just because of lockdown as well, like we couldn't go yeah. anywhere. And then Maren had really bad allergies at that stage as well. <laughs> she had really bad hay fever in the summer, so she couldn't yeah. sing at all. But I was also just learning the songs too yeah, as I but, went along. Like yeah. you know, that was like Please Don't Lose when I put it on YouTube. Was like one of the first songs I learned. It just it took me really long to learn it, but. All my life I've been a traveling gal All my life I've been a traveling gal Staying alone, got no friends or pals
you heard uh, Merrin play and sing, you, you must have realised that this was something, she had something special, did you? When, when did that realisation come upon you? Uh, I think, well, from from the beginning, when she was nine, she she learned to play so easily. You know, she she, she picked it up so easily. And uh, that was sort of a, I mean, that was remarkable at the time. And then when she really started taking it seriously, then when she got to 12, 13, and she started learning really difficult tunes, and she was more or less learning them herself by ear. And then if she gets stuck, she'd come and say to me, oh, I, how, I can't get this, but can you? And I would show her things that might may have taken me months to learn back when I had learned them, and she was getting them in minutes, and that was sort of blowing my mind. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and... I think when when I heard her putting together, you know, something as difficult to play and sing as as like say police dog blues, and just doing it so naturally and yeah, I sort of knew. I think when when the police dog video went on YouTube, we sort of knew. We, we sort of had a feeling that something might come of it. You know what I mean? It was um because it's it's crazy for a kid that young to be able to play that music. It's just as it just. There's, there, I know guys who are playing 30, 40 years and who've been working on some of these tunes for all that time and they still wouldn't play them live, wouldn't wouldn't have them down. That's... Mirren, there must have been a lot of practice because when I hear you play, it, it sounds to me like there are thousands of hours of practice. You, you must spend it. Do you spend a lot of, have you spent a lot of time practicing and did you spend a lot of time learning these songs? Um, well, to be honest, I don't actually, I don't practice a while a lot. And my dad's always getting on to me saying I should be practicing more. But when I practice, I kind of just, I don't, like if I'm, if I, when I play the tunes, I kind of just play them and I'm, I'm not really practicing. I just play them for fun, kind of. But if I'm learning something new, like if I'm learning something new, I would spend, and I'm, and like I'm figuring something out, I'd spend a couple hours doing it, like maybe a day or yeah. at the weekend, especially if I some, have a good few some, time. You, yeah, sometimes you'll binge practice and you might, yeah, do, five might do or like, six hours yeah, in a day. Just, yeah. But usually, let it be what, maybe well, an hour a day at the most, maybe two at the very, very most. You know, <laughs> yeah, usually. but at the weekend, I play more. Yeah. But mm. every day, probably just during the week, probably an hour or a day or two, maybe. Well, at the weekend, yeah. three. Well, people like Ry Cooter have done Police Dog Blues, and I reckon if he hears your version, I think he'd be very approving of it. And he's a, he's a renowned musician. In in fact, when I played this music to people, uh, they probably like a lot of your friends or whatever find it or uh, originally found it when you sort of played it to them that uh, it's hard to believe that it was from someone so young, but someone so with such a an easy feeling you obviously love the music that you're playing yeah I, do. <laughs> I don't think that a lot of your classmates would be playing the same sort of music uh listening to the same sort of music would would they <laughs> or is there some blues sort of coven in uh, in uh in county donegal i'm not sure no i'm i'm no one else i'm like the only person only person my age i don't think who listens to this music mm. so it's funny you should mention uh, Ray Cooter and his version of Police Dog Blues was, uh, you know, Yorma Kaukinen did Police Dog Blues as well with mm. Hot Tuna. Mm. Yorma Kaukinen, he, he, he saw the video when he got hold of my email and he was emailing and I had a kind of correspondence going with uh, Yorma for a while. 
during COVID, and he was inviting us to come over to the you know the fur the fur piece ranch where he it's like a school he has and the yeah. music venue. He was yeah he was blown away by Moran completely. And well, you know, Ry Cooter, he's not happy with you know the the sort of contemporary music that uh, a lot of people he knows are, are listening to, and I reckon he would be absolutely ecstatic to hear this. It, it would make him. <laughs> Yeah, that that a someone who's sixteen years of age can can play this. It would sort of restore his faith in humanity. I think. Yeah, a, a lot a lot of comments from from older musicians on Martin's videos are saying things like that, yeah. like that they're <laughs> it's restoring their faith in in the youth of today. And I'm the editor of the magazine, Brian Wise. I'm talking to Murren Bradley about her album, I Kept These Old Blues. I mean, like, do you, is there a little venue in town that you play a pub or something that you play at in town? You're probably not even old enough to go to the pub, are you? Um, <laughs> any gigs that you do? Um, well, I've only kind of started playing out, like, recently enough. Um, the first gig I did was in, was like, it's the Ballyshannon Folk Festival. Um, and it's like a big festival um, held in Ballyshannon. Yeah. And it's... it's yeah, it's a, it's a, it's mainly a, a Irish traditional mainly, music festival, but, but it's folk as well. But it's um, yeah, it's it's I think it's on its forty second year now, and yeah. it, it has people coming from the states and Japan, yeah. and but uh, every year they they have like a, a showcase. Yeah. They have a a, a, gru- a group showcase yeah. and a solo showcase, and yeah. they ask for videos and audio to be sent in. So Merlin sent in a couple of videos and. She won the showcase, and the so, prize was was that there was a cash prize, yeah, and, then and then you could play. The main for prize was to op- yeah, you were going to open the the festival on yeah. the main stage. So that was her first gig. Yeah, it was a bit scary. 
So I imagine that you've had a lot of offers to play more festivals, have you? And John, how are you going to handle all that? I mean, yeah, have you finished school or what's what are the plans? Because you're going to get heaps of offers, aren't you? No, I, I'm still in school for another another year or two at least. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I've gotten, I have gotten. Yeah, there's a, a lot, there's a lot of offers, offers coming. Yeah. Um, she ha- Mern has an agent now. Yeah, we've got an agent, a, a booking so. agent, and he, we're trying to. There's a lot of offers coming in, yeah, from everywhere, all over Europe and uh, the UK and Ireland as well. But we're trying to build the the. The sort of what she does, we're trying to build the gigs up slowly and sort of towards the summer, then she can do as many gigs as she wants on the festival scene during the summer. But at the minute, we're sort of trying to just do one every few weeks so it's not interfering with school too much. And because, like, my next year of school is kind of like it's like the leaving year, it's like you graduate, so I kind of need to, yeah, but we don't know. That might that might get interfered with the way things are going at the minute. I mean, there's a lot of offers coming in, and yeah. there's a. We're lot... playing in Glasgow this in January. Yeah, yeah. Got the connections in, in January, and then you got some gigs in London on yeah. February lined up, and uh, getting some offers as well. So now a lot of interest from. I don't want to say any names and jinx yeah. it, but okay. Um, the BBC are showing a lot of interest as well, so. Um, we're just waiting to see how that turns out now. It's um, it's it's looking really good. It's actually getting kind of scary because <laughs> uh, it's it, she's so young, and you know it's it's looking like we can't let her go and travel herself. So it's looking like I, I will I just have to take time off work to go and de- do these things with her and be a roadie and a guitar. <laughs> and, but uh, yeah, it's 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 starting to take off. We're trying to to keep the reins on it and 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 keep it keep keep the pace. You know where Marn can handle it. So, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely taken off. mention we mentioned about your guitar playing and obviously but you've got a beautiful voice you know and when i hear that uh freight train or uh, frankie or richland woman blues there's something in your voice and i'm wondering i I get and shake sugar is terrific as well they're they're all great and um i'm just wondering who i suppose you listen to all these the artists doing it but i mean are there any other people or singers or whatever you that you listen to that might have sort of um, influenced you? I guess, I guess, John, it's hard to say the influence because Mirren's so young, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I'm who do you, gonna, who do you love listening to? Yeah. 
I still I I still listen to all like the old blues artists like Memphis Minnie and all them and, and Blind Blake and I've kind of started listening to more like Delta Blues now as well, like Robert Johnson and you know and yeah. but like some I'm probably I really some modern artists. Yeah, I like. you, you listen to other music apart from blues. Well, yeah, and, you I know, listen to some yeah. folk and country stuff as yeah, well. Old, more more old old fashioned country. Yeah. yeah. But um, you like you really There's love. There's a girl, Sierra yeah. Farrell. I just I think she's really. I love her. She's I love her. She's so good. Like she's really she's really good at songwriting. She's so much. She's so many yeah. great songs she's, she, that she's written herself. And she does like old and she does retro like, style country, yeah. like nineteen thirties, forties. And she's just, sort of she's a really and, class voice, and she's yeah. just I love her. Erin um, Harp. Harp. She's a really good guitar. She's a really good guitarist, and she's a class voice as well. She's a really bluesy voice. Right. Um. Can okay, yeah. So like her too. so have you thought of? At some stage, have you sort of thought about writing your own material or is that something that would come in the future? Have you sort of um, been thinking about that or written anything? I guess, you know, that's uh, something that you probably think about later, I guess. I'm not sure. Um, well, I haven't really. I've started trying to kind of come up on my own kind of yeah. music in this kind of small, in the blues, like bluesy style. But yeah. I haven't really, I haven't put, I, would, I wouldn't want to show it to anyone yet or anything. Okay. So. Note, you say that uh, Stefan Grossman uh, gave you some words of encouragement and advice. Can you tell us about that? Um, yeah, when we were thinking of when we were thinking about whether to agree to the record deal and all or not, my dad got advice from Stefan Grossman. Yeah, I, I used, like, to, I used yeah. to be a member of, well, I still am a member of Stefan's uh, online guitar forum, mm-hmm. and Stefan beats on that forum all the time himself. And, and um, you I posted a couple of videos, Martin's videos, to the, the forum to see what the the guys on there thought of it, and they were all blown away by it. But Stefan was commenting, and and Stefan got in touch with me, and he was emailing yeah. me and t- to like tell the, me, you know, how how great he thought Martin was and everything. And, and he was helping you with And uh, then I was telling him about the the, the record, record deal, deal offer, and and he he gave me loads of advice on contracts and yeah. all that sort of stuff, and and he actually. He he opened up his his digital site with all the, the guitar lessons and all that stuff on it. He just he gave Martin free access to that. So yeah, she which is really nice. Learn whatever she wanted. It was, uh, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. Thank you for talking to me. I know you haven't done many interviews, but so I mm. really appreciate you having a chat, and I really appreciate your time because I don't reckon you're going to have a lot a uh, lot of spare time soon. 
to finish off 2023 with a musician that we're going to hear a lot more of in the future, Murren Bradley. And that was her interpretation of the tune Vestipol based on an arrangement by Stefan Grossman, who gave Murren plenty of advice prior to the recording of her Dubu album, I Kept These Old Blues, which has recently been released and sees Murren at the age of 17, releasing her debut on the Tompkins Square label. The other songs we heard during the interview, Shake Sugary, by Elizabeth Cotton, Stagger Lee, the Mississippi John Hurt song, Delia, another traditional tune with a Stefan Grossman arrangement, Buck Dancer's Choice, Sam McGee's composition with a John Fay arrangement this time, Police Dog Blues, Blind Blake's song, Freight Train, another Elizabeth Cotton classic, and Reverend Gary Davis's Candyman. Thanks for listening to this Rhythms podcast. You can find out more about the magazine at rhythms.com.au and you can subscribe there as well.